welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. I am one of your hosts, Sean Bowles. I'm here with my co-host, Bob Hassan. How are you doing, Bob? I'm good, Sean. How are you today? I'm good. I'm excited about our show today because it's a little untraditional. This is part two and just kind of us sharing the behind the scenes of our hearts, our lives, why we're doing a podcast like this, why we're writing a book on the marketplace, why we've done events for marketplace people. And we're just sharing that. And I, I got to interview you and put you in the hot seat last time. Woo, it was so good. Thanks for sharing your heart and just kind of some of your journey. And thanks for putting me in the hot seat. I really appreciate it. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> and that is sarcasm for sure. That's Jewish man sarcasm right there. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting because both of us are um, really aiming at helping empower people who are in careers or influence or marketplace or entertainment, whatever, politics, just that they would use that place uh, for for and they would be empowered by hearing God's voice to really understand their assignment, but also how to love people in those spaces. And it's not a new conversation at all, but I love the unique or just the whatever we bring to it. I just love the wisdom that you have and just that when you're sitting down with someone one on one, what I hear come out of your mouth. And I really enjoy doing what what I do in that space yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. You are so good at it because you've you've had this such a long history in the ministry and hearing from God for yourself and for other people that when you're sitting in a one-on-one setting and people are talking to you, you're getting this heavenly voice from God. And it's almost not fair. (laughs) It shouldn't feel fair. That's what I think that's the thing about when I went to Israel last year with Shree, which I love that you and I are going to go with uh, Lauren and Shree sometime. But um, when I went, one of the things that I've always said in the Bible, because I've taught on favor a lot. I don't know why I haven't written a book on this yet. But uh, I've talked about favor a lot. And one of the biggest things about the Jewish people that everybody was going to war with them, especially in David's time, was that they had unfair advantages. Mm-hmm. And God would take him to places. And it was almost naughty. Like D- David goes to the Philistines and lives with them for a little while. And he ends up, you know, learning about iron. And he brings Israel into the Iron Age. And he goes to battle with all these lesser armies, builds his army up, and then goes to war and destroys the Philistines. And you think of how, like, God gives them this advantage from his enemies, from the people that God wanted to wipe out. I mean, it's just, it's so unfair when God brings his voice and his power to you and, and wisdom and connections. And, and when people get that, it's a real joy to be a Christian, not just to know God, but to know his benefits. It's like a huge thing that Jewish people typically get, but but modern day, you know, Protestant Christians don't always understand the benefits, especially when it comes to like business or or ingenuity or advancement that the Israelites, that's what they were about. They were always advancing. There was always a new... And in, a, in an age of innovation, I think it's a, like a really exciting time. It is an exciting time. And, and this book we've written together, Wired to Hear, talks about these things like instinct, yeah. intuition, how to hear God in the marketplace. And again, like I might have mentioned this before, but we start the book by you reverse engineering a, man, a successful man who thought he didn't hear from God. And, and you went through the process with him to let him know that he actually did hear from God and it, and it changed his whole life. And I think that's one of the reasons why you and I are so excited about this is that it's going to give people a new, a new way, a new experimentation to figure out how they hear from God. 
Yeah, and those those of you who are listening to the podcast right now, it's like you've you've probably been on the journey with us to some degree. If you've listened to a couple or all of them for exploring the marketplace, one of the things that's interesting is when we talk to these guys behind the scenes, like when we talk to most of our friends who we've asked, because we've been asking mostly friends in advance mm -hmm. to do this, they're like, I don't know how to answer that question directly. How do I hear God and how do I see marketplace miracles? Unless they've been in ministry too. They're like, I don't know how to, how, and then we just say, no, just tell that one story we know. And they're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So even these mature, amazing people aren't used to sharing that place of faith and that connection to God, even though they're experiencing it regularly, it's not their language. And so even hearing God's voice has still been not a taboo subject by any means, but it still feels rare. And it still feels like not something that I think we should all read the Bible, pray and hear God for ourselves. That should be the priest of every believer. But when you apply it into your career or your place of influence, your family, whatever, it feels like people, there's a block to use that language sometimes. And that's where I think that I come in because you have, you have taught so well about, Hey, let's read the Bible. Let's hear God. Let's do these things. And then, but we get compartmentalized when we go to work. Yeah. And we hang that hat on the doorpost somewhere. And then we walk into work and we say, Hey, look, we're going to hit our metrics. We're going to do, we're going to put these strategies together. And it's, it's sort of like, wait, where did the hear God portion go? Yeah. It's there. We, we yeah. know how to do it. We're doing it in these other areas of our life. Now we can, now we can utilize it at work and it's going to change everything. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I've been around people who are, you know, incredibly kingdom business entrepreneurs and they can actually express that fullness in their career. Like we talked to Marcos Perez the other day for, you know, he's the vice president of Charisma Publishing and is responsible for so much, but it's a Christian company. Yeah. So they're, they're making money. With this. So it's easier in the sense, it's not easier to do his career. I'm not saying by any means it's easier to express an overt Christianity and what he's doing. And I've been to, like, there's a company that I, I consult with sometimes. And I'm really good friends with the chairman and you walk in their office and it feels like the best place of kingdom connection you've ever felt. There's a hall of memories where everything that God's done for their company, they take a snapshot and they tell the story. So every employee can go through on their lunch break and just, kind of get a feel for the history of the company and what God's done. And even if they're not a Christian, they still have really cool language for it. But most people don't have that overt expression of Christianity that they can apply in their career or in their place. And so they're, they're looking for those covert moments. And one of the things I love about us is that through this podcast and the book we're writing is that we're constantly telling people your goal in being in your career isn't just to get people saved or have those overt moments. Your goal is right. to stay connected to God and accomplish your assignment with him in partnership doing it with him, not for him. And I think that's really unique because most people, when they write about hearing God's voice, or when they do a podcast like this, it's really about how are we going to advance and how are we going to make everything happen and how are we going to evangelize the world? And we're really not taking that. Those are secondary goals. And our primary goal is how do we walk with God? Well, and how do we tell that story? Wait a minute, wait a minute. My primary goal is how do we make a profit? Well, that too. <laughs> yeah. No, your primary goal is being God's friend watch that in your life all the time. But I do know what you're saying. And that's like, and even for people who hear that and don't understand that kind of joking, that feels intimidating. But the reality is, is that, or it may even feel arrogant or egotistical for a Christian to say that. But I love that you can confidently say, I want to make a profit. And I love that there's people that we're having on the show who are saying, no, I have to make resources right. for what God appointed me for. It has to be part of the equation, not for selfish gain, although I benefit 
but for the sake of, you know, Solomon needed all the money to build the temple, but he built the most epic house in the world too. Yeah. If we're going to be stewards and if we're going to provide jobs or if we're going to work, we need to make a profit so that we can keep the business going. We, the business that we work for needs to make a profit so that we can stay employed. It is, it is, is a word that I think as believers, we need to just realize it's okay. Yeah. Um, just like the love of money is something we have to stay away from, not money. So yeah, the, the immorality of the love of money, not the good love of resource. And that's what, yeah, I think Deuteronomy 818 is one of my favorite scriptures of God's spoken to me over and over. And I see 818 all the time for in different ways still. And it's Isaiah 818, Deuteronomy 818, a couple of other ones, but it's have I not given you the ability to produce wealth and resource? And it's God telling the Israelites that you're going to be blessed, but don't say it's you who did it or else I'm going to take it away from you. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I'm saying in that scripture. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's this thing because there's been a hyper wealth movement and there's been a lot of wrong mentality in stewarding. It's all, it's, it turns a little selfish or a little bit, um, or it turns a little bit uh, like Messiah complex or even dominating every mountain and sphere. So it's dominion theology versus Christians in a dark night who show a beautiful light of who Jesus is in the marketplace. So I think I love that about you. I love that about us together. I love that about this podcast. And I love it about our new book that's coming out, which is exciting. We'll talk more about it at the very end of the show. But I, I know you're putting me in the hot seat in a minute. What are you going to ask me? I'm excited. I'm not going to tell you because then you'll research and study and go on Google and figure out about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Before we close this segment, one thing I want to say is our goal is to partner with the kingdom of heaven, to partner with God when we go out into the marketplace. Yeah. So that we can, we can enjoy the benefits and the, his pleasure uh, in providing for ourselves and our family and our friends and others and for the church. So. Next, I'm going to put Sean on the hot seat. Hi, this is Shannon from the Bowls team. I want to tell you about an exciting offer for our brand new book, Wired to Hear, written by Sean Bowles and Bob Hassan. It's about connecting God's voice to your life, influence, and career. If you work for a living or run your own business and you desire to hear God's voice for yourself in the workplace, this is the book for you. Right now, you can pre-order Wired to Hear through bowlsministries.com. You'll receive a signed copy, a submission for a free grant, and many other exclusive offers only available through bowlsministries.com. Grab your copy today. Well, I Googled myself, Bob, and it says that I'm really wealthy, and it says that I'm only 42. I did the other night. I'm joking around, but the other night I Googled myself, which you shouldn't do because like, there's so much bad stuff and good stuff. When you're a public figure, it's I feel like I had more good than bad, which is good. But there's like celebrity sites that I'm on where it tells that my net worth is like four million dollars. I'm like, could show someone give me that bank account number? Oh. I need that bank account number. I want I want four million dollars right now. And it says things that are about like it says like I'm only 42 and then I'm six foot eight. They gave me oh. two inches on my height, which is really cool. And then oh. I'm super nutritious and healthy. That was one that I really liked. That's pretty cool. I don't know how Google would know that, but you are this whole year. You've, you've changed. Like, let's talk about that. Cherie has gotten into, um, you know, organic farming and you guys have changed your diet and the way you live. So let's talk about that for a second. Well, let's just say that in and out doesn't have good vegetarian options. You know, <laughs> so I, I actually had some food issues with, uh, uh, 
just over sensitivity to certain foods and allergies and stuff, but I didn't know what they were. So we did a reduction diet and I had a doctor friend recommend that I take away meat. And she had been trying to get us to go to vegetarian as a family for a while because our daughters really want to be mostly vegetarian. And so they're six and seven. I was like, no, we're not taking meat out of their life because then they'll get weird about it later. And so the doctor recommended I did it for a couple of weeks and then I just kept doing it. I haven't had meat now for a year. And my body is so much like my mind. I have so much more mental clarity. I had a brain fog every day, sometimes like the majority of the day that um, I had to fight through. And that went away. And then also I, I, I'm sensitivity towards like tomatoes and stuff. So we did it for health reasons. And then, um, but we also did it because environmentally, like we're, we're going on a spiritual journey as far as what does it look like as a Christian to steward the earth with God and care about that? And so we've, we've become friends. I mean, even some people on our show, like we've had right. we have several farmers. We have one farmer who's been on or one, his wife is a farmer. We have several farmers coming mm-hmm. and we've had Jordan Rubin. We're, uh, we're having Josh Axton. So we have people who are um, in the health, nutrition, and environmental and agricultural space that I think are unique to when, I don't know, the season and this generation is going to understand them as Christians. It's so cool. And uh, that's, you know, for down the road, but thank you for sharing. So Sean, you have been known for a long, long time for your ministry and for your prophetic, for teaching, going to conferences, having a church. Now we're moving into this exploring the marketplace podcast and we've written a book together called wired to hear kind of what was the transition in your mind about wanting you to speak to the marketplace well you know when i wrote keys of economy years ago it mm-hmm. was based on an encounter i had in 2001 and i wrote i think we released in 2005 and i spoke i've spoken probably at two to four business events a year mm-hmm. and then we start hosting when you and i you know we're doing them together my ministry yeah. started hosting them and you were our, our guest partner speaker and um I was your wingman. You were my wingman and you're a great one because you bring lots of credibility, which is good. But uh, it, it was interesting because when I first started in the events, I remember I got invited to the very first major business event I ever did was at Morningstar. And David Yarns, who we've had on the podcast, um, who's the director of Kingdom Business Association, his own banks and hotels and all kinds of things. Uh, he just brought me in because he loved my prophetic gift. He loved who I was and he loved that book. So he and Rick Joyner loved me. So Rick Joyner still loves me. And Rick Joyner and, and David brought me in. And when I got there, I met their sphere of friends that they've spent decades building. And they were billionaires and people who were trying to affect education and people who were trying to affect politics in, in, a, in a beautiful kingdom way. And they were really empowered individuals, a lot of Texans with oil money, just crazy people. Like they were, the, the green room was like 60 people who were so influential. And a lot of them flew in their private planes. They were telling about their God journey. And I was, I've always looked at the kingdom should look like transformation, not in the metrics to change in society, not just the kingdom. If you've heard any of my stories from even Transcending God or stuff that I'm more known for, I talk about how I grew up in the church and my parents escaped the world. So they loved conferences and meetings, but I grew up in those and I wanted to go into the world and see God change it. Right. And so it just, you know, I, I second generation Christianity. I wanted to see the effect of my love for Jesus and his love for the world you know, do something. And so when I got into that environment, that very first one, I remember just something synergized in me. And I was like, these are my people. This is part of my tribe. And when you add the entertainment industry on top of that, entertainment executives and business people and whatever on top of that, business people, marketplace people, and then you add those, it's like, there's something about being with chairmen and CEOs and women who are starting businesses and men who are, you know, going after a place of influence and and in modern culture and i just go man i come alive with that whereas 
there's other people who are like missionaries that want to go into Turkey and they come alive being around the Muslims at their ministry. I, I recognize my mission ground. And so I've always sown a portion of time into it, but I felt like, you know, I planted a church shortly after that. And then um, that took 10 years of my power and my life. And it was a t- intention. And then at the same time as I was planting a church, I was also like right towards the end of that 10 years, I came out with a second wave of, of speaking in into the prophetic kind of, issues of what is prophecy with a love-based approach look like right. and that went from like a really niche subject where the top selling books in that arena and the top conversations in that arena are like amongst thirty thousand people in the church they're not around millions and then you know we started this podcast when i started this podcast we had millions of downloads the first year and this is it was charisma podcast network we were expecting to get us be dominant a small conversation but this conversation got really broad to the point where like Harper Collins came to me and several other publishers said, we've done surveys and hearing God's voice is one of the top things that our readers want to hear about. And then we had like Mike Pence, who believes he hears from God, Kanye West, Justin Bieber, Chris Pratt, uh, Tiffany Addis, like different celebrities who are saying God spoke to me and told me this. Denzel Washington, Tyler Perry, Oprah, whether they all come from the same foundation as us or not, it's in society in music industry, in popular culture, in politics. And so people got really curious the last five to seven years. And so that took a lot of my energy because I wanted to help be a reforming voice to say, but let's come back to wisdom and a love-based approach where it's connected right. to God's heart for people and God's heart for you. And But in the midst of that, what I wanted to do, my passion was to go after the business community and the entertainment com- business community as well, uh, kind of group those things together and just empower and inspire. And I just, I always did some of that and we always added that in. But we couldn't really go after it as like a, one of our, you know, if it's one third of my focus, it couldn't be that two years ago. Right. Where does now? It's funny you mentioned missionaries, but, you know, early in your life, all the way to fairly recently, you were going into red light districts and you were going <laughs> into the hardest war zones and the hardest places as a missionary. And so, you know, you've you've done you've run the whole gamut of, of the ministry and. Had malaria seven times, <laughs> typhoid fever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I was going to ask you, or I was going to say, when we first started talking about this, I had a problem with the word marketplace. Yeah. Because as I'd grown up in the church, there were these marketplace ministries that were just, you know, in my view, the most out of touch and the worst places to go. And so I had this, this view of the word marketplace and you just looked at me and you were like well marketplace is just everything outside of the church yeah Um, you just said go out to the highways and the byways and he wasn't talking about go to the poorest and most destitute he said the poor will always be among us not as a prophecy but as a condition of fallen humanity and so to me the marketplace is part of the highways and the byways go to the places of influence and see what the kingdom will do through you so you have a story about being in dubai in a conference room with you know, some of the wealthiest people in the world and them inviting you to uh, hear God for them. Why don't you tell us about that? <laughs> well, it's interesting because one of my friends uh, who's a chairman of a major multinational company, he just, every time I'm with him, he blows me away. He has the stories. I won't say his name just because to right. protect him, but uh, he has stories that just would blow you away. And he had, a, he has a partner, a ministry partner who does most of the ministry, but some some business stuff too. Um, and And they decided like, let's bring together We've done this many times, but not on this level. Let's bring together a bunch of influential friends we have, both Christian and non-Christian, do an event with them. And then at the end of the event, let's, uh, the last session, it'll be optional. And if they want to come, we're going to have 
prophetic ministry. We're going to describe it to each one of them individually as our invitation so that they know we're personally asking to come. Mm -hmm. and we're going to explain to them what we think prophetic ministry is. And we're going to tell them, like, if you don't want to come, no problem. We don't want to pressure you. But they all came. And right. so these are like, I mean, people from India, people from Dubai, people from New Zealand, people from Australia, people from the UK were in Dubai who all came together to um, either they flew in for this meeting or they came together. And a lot of them were Christians and they were probably more conservative Christians, not cessationists at all, but maybe not open or understanding what we were trying to do or accomplish in this. And they'd never been there where, you know, two or three people just sit up front and say, hey, I, I have a message from God for you. Can I share it with you? I believe I have something that God showed me. And I remember, you know, again, I've done this in lots of different environments for many years. I've even done it for business people, but not where they're saying someone like on this level has gone, put their neck on the line and said, I want to see my friends impacted by God speaking this way, same way I am. And these are people that, because they didn't give us a list of names and tell us who's going to be there. We don't know. Most of them aren't in Christian circles. We are, and they're not people who would ever be on like social media, so to speak. Right. So there's no like um, connection at all to them. So they know that the people who are coming know that there's no way for us to have private information about them because of who they are. They, they, they major on privacy. So I had a good friend of mine who you've met. I've, I've actually introduced you to him through some conferences, Julian Adams, who's just one of the most premier prophetic voices, but he's also more of a theologian teacher. But when he prophesies, he's my one of my heroes in the prophetic because he's just so love based and so powerful. And so I had Julian come with me and we, we sat up at the front and we just loved on the people. And Julian, actually, I want to brag on what happened through him first, because he kind of broke it open, so to speak. He called out this, I'll never forget this, because he called out this Indian couple that was right up front and he said, and they were in shock that they were even picked and they were like first. And he said, <laughs> I just, I'm kind of in my spirit and my heart, I'm having a vision and I'm walking up to your house. And I believe he said it's a big white house. And we're in Dubai and they live in Dubai and there's not a lot of houses in Dubai. Most people live in like big, you know, structures because there's mm -hmm. not a lot of actual neighborhoods type thing. There's this house and this colored door and I'm walking in, I go in, I go left, I go down the hallway, you take a step down and there's a room and there's all these like um, fabric all over it and it's your prayer room and you've been praying. What? And he looks at the woman and says, you've been praying for your knees to be healed or something to happen for your knees. You've been praying because you need surgery. You've been praying for your son who's uh, had a season of his life where he doesn't know. Uh, how to how to be who he needs to be. And you've been praying for that. You've been praying for your daughter and for her to get married. And you've been praying for your husband to know uh, why God put him on the earth because he's already accomplished so much, but he's not satisfied. And he looks at the man who's the husband and he's like, and you have changed the skyline of Dubai and another uh, city. And God has given you the gift to have be at the right place at the right time to make huge decisions over city building. And he says all this and he goes, so God wants to give you an opportunity as we pray for you to encounter him. Would you like to experience the living God? And they said, yes. Wow. He prays for them. These people are not saved. Right. They didn't know this is even possible. And he addresses all the concerns of their heart and then just leads them. Well, what's interesting is her daughter saved and she's the one who is connected to my friends and she wanted to bring her parents and they have been praying and they've, and the mom had even been praying kind of Catholic wise. She's like, maybe I'm kind of Catholic. Like maybe their God who's the Christian God is the God but I'm not sure. So she's just been kind of praying to the universe. Maybe it's God. And God took that and was like, just like an Acts when they, they were praying to the unknown idol God because they didn't want to offend all a God they'd missed and all the idols they built. And then Paul uses that and says, hey, the unknown God is actually Christ. Let me explain it to you. And that got them all saved. That's what Julian did in that moment with her. You've been wow. praying to a God. Let me define who he is. And 
it just broke open expectations in the beginning because they're weeping. Everyone knew who they were, which we wouldn't have known. And they, this man has like literally like created five of the tallest structures in Dubai that are the, the marker structures. And, yeah. you know, and I just sat there and I thought their lives, this is now several years ago and I've watched their lives progress and then things happen to them. So, mm-hmm. you know, watching what God can do in a moment yes, through a word and then watching these people walk out then hope destined hearing from God for themselves of their children, of their business, of their legacy since then, it changes everything. It's a before and after game-changing moment. And then once it changes, it sets your expectation that this is how God is and this is who he is. So this is how I want to live now. And not that we always hear it that way through prophetic words, but we there's that there's that leading, that prompting of the inner voice of God. So I think I was really impacted. This was maybe, that, I think that was six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I was really impacted by um, what can happen for people of influence. And you know, I, I ended up meeting... I don't know. It was probably more like 100, but I'll say 25 of the top billionaires in the world who are all Christians. I don't know if you know, you know now because of our book, 50% yeah. of people who are billionaires um, believe in Jesus. And that's never happened in the history of the world. So 50% of current billionaires are claimed to be Christians or Catholics, which is huge because the responsibility of what God can do in that, he can, he can inject his DNA and spirit through that simple belief of even and ticking off that box on the questionnaire for Forbes. I'm like, what would happen? Well, you talk about, and the church talks about the great wealth transfer. And, and one of the things that you told me is it's already happened. Here we are. Yeah, we, we define it in our book. I mean, if you, if you just Google who is the most powerful, wealthiest people group on the earth, it's not a country. It's not um, a certain political movement. It's not another religion. It's Christians, Christianity. By 51%, we hold 51% of the world's wealth right now. This is a study that's done by three different colleges that are not Christian. And so when you look at that, like we've already experienced that, but now we need the revelation of wisdom as Christians to work in a unity. Like they love John 17 as the prototype prayer. Jesus is praying. I, I pray that they'd be one as we are one so they can see you in your glory. And there's something about as we have unity of our projects and purposes. I mean, we're trying to take down anti-human trafficking or human trafficking in their generation we have enough money and enough people who have the cause in our heart, but we don't have enough unity. Or we don't have enough revelation from Jesus yet on how to do it. Well, you have been big in stories of personal transformation and prophesying for people who've had personal transformation. But now in this marketplace transformation that you're talking about and praying about, you've heard God about. Yeah, tell us a story about that. What's interesting, I will tell this because I started in the transformation movement, which is an actual kind of version of a group of people that were believing for this back in the 90s. So back in 92, 93, I got caught up with, some of you might have heard of um, uh, George Oves Jr. who did transformation videos and he showed what could happen if a city came together and prayed and what could be healed. Lands were healed, waterways were healed, prison reform happened, all kinds of stuff would happen. The metrics changed. So he went to about, I think, 25 places. I could be wrong on how many places and showed what happened when leaders of politics and civil leaders, you know, uh, business leaders and church leaders work together to see God move in their city. And most of this happened in third world nations. Uh, There's a few places like Guilford, England, and a place in in Indiana that had a season of transformation where their society changed quite a bit. Their metrics, especially for crime and uh, addictions and stuff like that changed, but also blessing happened in those places because city leaders and governmental leaders and uh, spiritual leaders came together. And so I was really impacted by that because, again, I w- I've always been looking for how our faith changes the metrics. Right. How, for God's love the world, like I, I look at 
what Jesus did, and he was imparting an internal kingdom. But what Solomon did was he saw the kingdom of God came within him, and he planned out a city and an education and government and worship and all of that together, which to me, he was the first prototype of the Messiah. And that's why the Israelites rejected Jesus, because they were looking for a Solomon. But Jesus imparted a kingdom so we could all be like Solomon's. So we could have Solomon's anointing or that, which is really messianic anointing in all spheres. So I've, I've been looking for that since I was in my early 20s. So I've always been involved with transformation movements. Mm-hmm. Dr. Edsel also is just a dear friend, different people from different transformation movements, right? John Melinda in Uganda, just different people um, who I really care about. And um, and so I think I've always been looking for that, but I, I wanted to spend my time and energy on that. As a matter of fact, I almost left the prophetic kind of charismatic world to, to do that. But the most of the transformation voices at the time had become very conservative and they weren't looking for the power of God to change things in a, in a supernatural way. They were looking at for it more like if we get this understanding, it'll change. It's not understanding, it's connection to the Holy Spirit. And so um, so it was really interesting through the years of that thread. So modern times, you know, over the last uh, 15 years, one of my friends who owns a massive company, um, he heard from God. He's always been interested in aviation. And he heard from God a couple of times about like doing what he's interested in, but he's not in that industry at all. Right. And then a friend of ours gave him a word that was basically like, you have magnets in your pocket and that uh, you've been carrying. No, the guy had magnets in his pocket. He'd been carrying around. He goes, these magnets I've been carrying around. I, I've not known why it's been a prophetic act, like an Old Testament prophet prophetic act. But I'm giving them to you because you're going to come up with electromagnetic energy power sources that help power aviation. And so I'm giving them to you. And it, it made my friend go, wait, what? Like, how is this? Is this going to happen? But God had put in, a, you're going to change industries, not just an industry, but industries. And you're going to refine what's going to happen in systems of polluting the earth and the whole thing. So he ended up buying a company, and long story short, actually two companies, put them together. One had the engineering side, one had the aviation side, put them together and has now formed, test piloted, prototyped uh, electric planes that run off electromagnetic energy. And it's crazy. It's like out there, the, the prototype is Alice. And it's all came for prophetic and they've already had their first so many orders. They have thousands of orders and um, hundreds of orders. I don't know how that works, uh, but it's, it's, but they're uh, the, the aviation uh, um, con- conference or convention that happens every year, the worldwide convention, which is in different parts of the world, depending on what's happening. Um, they put out that this company is going to change aviation forever. And the pollution rate is so small and minuscule compared to our current pollution rate that it might just change the skies forever. And so I'm like, he's getting a prophetic word. He walked it out and it's happening. And I'm like, that's that's kingdom. God wants us to change pollution. He wants us to live longer and healthier. He wants us to understand transportation better. He wants the, he wants transportation to be easier. If anybody flies as much as you and I have, you know, being in the skies like being at the DMV, you don't want to do it. It's just miserable experience unless you're flying private, which is how often does anybody get to fly private unless you're very wealthy. And so it's a miserable experience. And so the fact that there's groups that are coming in and seeing God's heart, like what does love look like in aviation? What does love look like in this area? One more story real fast. I know we gotta we gotta wrap it up here. A friend of ours named Wes Wright, him and his wife, Liz, Liz has been one of my closest friends for 20 years, and then she married Wes. Wes got a vision of God for changing the legal system of banking to create banks where there's not debt slavery but banks that actually give back to the community. And he studied some models that are doing it in Germany and other places. He's from the UK and he actually changed the laws in the UK, which is impossible. No one's ever done it for banking before. And they started their first nonprofit banks in the UK. There's several of them now. Now he's coming over to America and other places because 
he weighed the current banking system and all the legal papers towards the Bible and love and said, are we creating a love-based process that actually causes people to live the life that God's called them to? Or are we creating a death process? We're creating a death process. So he rewrote the entire banking system according to the laws of love. And it works so beautifully that the current city that they prototyped in in uh, the UK, the mayor has given them awards, works with them personally, is that they're now mentoring him spiritually because it's like so phenomenal to give back to the community. And of course, as a disruptor, it's disrupting the current banks because your fee structure is different. There's no selfish fee structure and it's not the bank's interest at stake. It's actually the people's interest and the community's interest that's at stake. And so, I mean, talk about transformation, looking at love according to a system and saying, let's turn it back into love. Who does that? It's it God, God. And so, you know, we've, we've written this book, Wired to Hear, talking about how to partner God with God and marketplace and marketplace transformation. And we're having like, there's going to be a presale pretty soon, right? And we can go to bowlsministries.com. And I think there's, you can get signed copies and you can get some free stuff if you sign up. Tell well, us don't all. make it sound that, that casual. This is awesome. Like when people, when you order, you guys, our listeners, we want you guys to have this deal. So I would encourage you, if you're even remotely interested in this book and who we are as Bob and Sean, I want to encourage you to get the book. It's like such a small investment. And as part of the pre-order, the book comes out like May 1st or something. So as part of the pre-order right now, go to bullsministries.com. You're going to get signed copy. You're going to get a video series from a lot of our, our team and our people who we've interviewed from the marketplace. And we're asking, what are some things that you would have told yourself spiritually and naturally to your younger self to avoid complications, mistakes, warfare, and also some of the questions too. But there, you're going to get a video series you only get in the pre-sale. And you also get a special event of the book launch where we're going to be doing an incredible event where we're talking to people. I think we have six or seven influencers in marketplace space who are amazing. And they're going to be like talking about their process in the marketplace, what God's doing, transformation. It's awesome. Sean, thank you so much for joining Sean and Bob on the experience. <laughs> thank you for letting me talk this much. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring podcast series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.